Do you ever have one of those moments where you see a face and there shouldn't be one there, like in a painting or just some wavy lines, whatever, you see a face there? There's a name for that. And in fact, it may even be the case that pregnant women or postpartum women are more likely to see those kinds of faces. How is that? Well, Dr. Robin Kramer is a senior lecturer in the School of Psychology at the University of Lincoln and joins us now. Uh, Thanks for being here, Dr. Kramer. No worries. Thank you for having me. First of all, what is this phenomenon called when we see this? This is called face pareidolia or something like that in terms of pronouncing. Um, <laughs> and the meaning is seeing faces in face of face-like patterns in objects. So inanimate objects like food or items from shops, that they have sort of dots or lines or something that maybe makes you see face-like patterns in them. Okay, and so this is actually a a recognized kind of phenomenon where this happens to people? Absolutely, and not just people. There's some research showing that monkeys also see these faces. So it seems to be sort of an evolved thing where we spot faces in our environment. And do we know why this happens? Um, It's probably an offshoot of the fact that we're just really sort of motivated and driven to seeing faces because we're such a social species and faces are so important to us in our environment. Seeing them, tracking them, you know, realizing how they feel, emotional expression, reading. And so we're so sensitive to faces that it means that as a byproduct, we see faces where there aren't really faces. Hmm. And so are there certain things that make us more sensitive to this? There seems to be, yes. So in a new study that came out recently by some researchers in Australia, um, they were looking at whether levels of oxytocin, so a a hormone in the body, um, affects how sensitive we are to these face-like patterns. And so we know already that oxytocin is quite a, people call it the sort of love hormone, the idea that it's quite a socially driven hormone, that it makes us more sensitive to social cues. And so the idea is if oxytocin levels are higher, then we might be more sensitive to these face-like patterns. And if oxytocin is higher in postpartum women compared to pregnant women, then perhaps postpartum women are more likely to see these face-like patterns. Wow, that's fascinating that we can actually document something like that, isn't it? It is. It's kind of amazing that sort of behavior in an experiment can perhaps tell us about levels of oxytocin in the body and the brain based on this sort of behavioral measure, an experiment where you're looking at pictures of faces and face-like patterns and comparing women who are pregnant with women who are postpartum. Huh. Okay, so then what can we do with this kind of information? Where does it lead, to, where does it lead us? Well, oxytocin has a number of effects on us Um, And some of those are related to mental health. And so it could be useful to know that as oxytocin levels change internally, we might be able to measure those changes through behavioral experiments, like this one where you can look at postpartum and pregnant women and their sensitivity to face-like patterns. So it could be that experiments like this allow us to sort of get a read on what's going on internally. And this can help with you know, possibly looking at mental health or other things where you're trying to measure what's going on inside, but using experiments in the lab or online to get an idea of what's going on there. Hmm. And so is there anything else, like what else do we know about um, who sees these faces or what, what might impact 
your ability to see these? Yeah, so as well as levels of oxytocin possibly affecting these things, we know that in general, some people are more sensitive than others than others to these face-like patterns. Um, for example, women tend to be more sensitive and see these face-like patterns more than men. And we know that women in general, in fact, are more sensitive to faces, reading facial expressions and things. Um, people who are more lonely, it turns out, they're more sensitive. They tend to spot these face-like patterns more in their environments. And then there are certain conditions um, where groups of people tend to be less good, less sensitive to these face-like patterns, like those with autism or Down syndrome, for example. Hmm. So really, it also has something to do with being able to read social clues, it sounds like. It is. It's certainly related. So faces, face-like patterns in objects, it's just the brain's way of dealing with social things in the environment. And so... Those who are better with those things, women with facial expressions, for example, <clears throat> that seems to sort of generalize to these face-like patterns in objects. And so it's, yeah, it's just the brain, our evolved sensitivity to social cues, and then being transferred to sort of everything we see around us, whether it's a real face or a face on a piece of toast. <laughs> That's really, these are the stories, the headlines that we see, aren't they, Dr. Kramer? The ones where it's like... They are, indeed. Saw, yeah. <laughs> so, There's so, many, many stories of people sort of spotting faces in, in things and it becomes news, yes. For sure. Right, right. And there's always a quiz that goes with it, is it, can you see this? So people shouldn't feel bad if they can't see it. It just, it actually says something about the level of oxytocin in their brain. Absolutely. Or, yeah, other things too. But for sure, it's, it's something that varies individually across the population in the same way that our ability with faces anyway, our ability to read emotions or recognize or learn faces. Also, something that just varies across the population. Some people are naturally better than, than others with faces. And that's also true here with sort of spotting these face-like patterns. Fascinating stuff. Dr. Kramer, thank you for your time. No worries. Thank you.